BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again as we finally get to break down a win. Hornets 107-104 over the Orlando Magic, a thrilling comeback. We're going to talk about the keys to the victory and also begin to preview Tonight's game, that's right, Hornets in a back-to-back taking on the Orlando Magic once again. To help us break it all down and set things up once more, we have Sam Purley, coordinator of digital media content for the Hornets. Yes, a two-Sams edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you again for having me. It is great to have you along for a win, and this time a pre-scheduled to Sam's appearance with the win. This is not a late substitution. I don't want any conspiracy theorists out there saying, hey, you just threw Sam in because you guys were going to get a win. Nope, this was predetermined. Second one of the year. I'm good at silver linings, but obviously it's always nice to talk about silver linings and a victory as well. That is for sure. So the team wins 107-104. They snap a four-game losing streak to improve to 7-9. and nine. Did not look for a long time like they were going to do it. It was quite frustrating. The Hornets were not playing very well on the offensive end. And defensively, while I don't think they played particularly poorly in the first three quarters, Orlando was shooting well above their season averages. How did you feel about the way this one transpired? Yeah, it was definitely interesting. Obviously, Orlando is dealing with a number of injuries right now, and kudos to them. You know, they've had a lot of guys step up, like you said, that have been kind of that G League caliber, you know, kind of end of rotation guys. So Gary Clark, Kim Birch, Jordan Bone. I mean, these are guys that, you know, kind of stepped up for the team tonight. And that's kind of been, you know, we've gotten, we've known that with Steve Clifford here in Charlotte, that he gets the most out of his guys. And that was the perfect example of what Orlando did tonight. And yeah, they kind of, I think they averaged about 10 and a half threes a game. I think they had 10 at halftime last night, and they finished with 14 
16 or so, which I think tied a season high, or 17, if it was 17 that tied a season high. So I think the Hornets are just bringing a lot of bodies at Vucevic, and I think they did a pretty good job with him. But, you know, when you when you do that, you're going to leave some guys open. And, you know, similar to the Toronto games, they, they kind of made him pay for the most part, at least initially, on the defensive end. Hornets were down a dozen heading into the fourth quarter, and then not only did they catch fire, but they started to shut down Orlando. Fast-forwarding to the end of the game, Magic hit a clutch three, Terrence Ross in the corner with Gordon Hayward having a hand in his face, still able to knock it down to tie things up. And then with eight seconds left, put the ball in the hands of your all-star, Gordon Hayward. We'll give it to Gordon Hayward on the logo. Hayward holding for the last shot, one-on-one with Fournier. Left-handed dribble, into the paint, off the bump, the lay-in is good! Seven-tenths of a second to go, and the Hornets get all the way to the 10, and Gordon Hayward makes it a two-point lead for Charlotte. Gordon Hayward with the heroics. I said on the postgame show, I did not feel like this is one where the Hornets necessarily said, okay, Gordon Hayward's got to touch it every time and he's going to lead us. But in the final possession of a game, in a contest where next score wins, you always want the ball in the hands of your all-star. You want him to be the decision maker and the decision to take it to the cup was clearly the right one. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was a great final possession. I think kind of get a little rattled. It's just a crazy fourth quarter. You go from being down 12 to up nine with four minutes to go, and then they hit a you know crazy shot in the corner to tie it, and then you take a timeout. You can kind of regroup. Say, at least end it here. You know, kudos to Gordon. I mean, what a play. I think he just looking at it a couple times, really kind of made a turn on Fournier there on the left, and then I think Kem Birch kind of swooped in and almost blocked it, and, and Gordon just kind of put it at the exact right angle, high off the glass, through the basket, and left virtually no time left. So great win for the Hornets. He has 98 points in his last three games. He was already averaging close to 30 points a contest in the last two losses, but to have him be able to push the team over the top and get the W, it's a great sign, obviously, for the team. But for him personally, this is big. This is a guy who it's been well-documented. He has had to deal with injuries for a long time. There have certainly been doubts out there in the general NBA as to whether or not he would ever return to the peak of his powers, but he is playing some of his best basketball right now. I asked him after the game if he felt at this stage if he was playing some of the best basketball of his career. I'm in a good rhythm right now, but you know what? All credit to my teammates, the coaching staff, put me in positions to be successful, give me the ball where I can you know, do what I do. I'm just happy that we got the win today. We need more of those. Maybe too humble of a guy to actually say he's playing his best basketball. I'll leave it to you, Sam Perley. You've seen this man play as an opponent of the Hornets and in the NBA in general for a long time. Is this the best version of Gordon Hayward we've seen? Yeah, absolutely. I think since at least the final year he had in Utah, we went to the All-Star game and took the team to think to the playoffs, maybe in the second round of the playoffs, um, the average 22, 23 points a game. I thought that was Gordon's best season heading into this one. But yeah, I mean, you just can't say enough good things. And it just feels like he's, you know, every time he has a performance like this, which again, are starting to kind of pile up, he just keeps using the word fun. It's so much fun to play with these guys. It's so much fun to do what we're doing here. And I think that's such a major part of it. And I'm not saying necessarily that three years in Boston weren't fun for him. It just, it got off to such a bad start, like you mentioned. And the next year was all about trying to get back to where he was. And then by the time he was healthy, he was the third or fourth option. And not necessarily that wasn't fun for him, but I think, you know, he just needed to change the scenery. And that came can't be underestimated in terms of the, how that factored into how well he's playing here in Charlotte. Sam, going back to that last season he had in Utah, so far this season he has had now four games where he has scored 34 
or more points, including his career high that he had with 44 points in that win over Atlanta back at the start of the month. If you go back to that year he had with Utah, he didn't score 34 or more until February 9th. And that was a normal season, so they were actually playing games in early November of that year. So, you know, even though he had a couple 30-point games, he didn't get to 34 or more until mid-February. And over the entirety of the regular season, he never had a 40-point game. He has uh, had one already and scratched the surface of one tonight. Quite honestly, he had an uncharacteristically poor night at the free-throw line. Probably could have and should have had 40 points in this one. But my point is, I don't believe we've seen a better version of Gordon Hayward and that team that he led, the Utah Jazz, ended up making the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, what more can be said? I think he had a couple instances this year. You know, I think we saw in the Chicago game where it was kind of just Gordon, and sometimes it rubs off on the rest of the guys. Sometimes, most of the times, it rubs off on the rest of the guys. Sometimes it doesn't. It's night. It certainly did. I think you know, continuing to kind of get him the ball and feed him, but it didn't ever feel like the Hornets got too overly reliant on him. You know, he started to kind of make some shots, and then that opened things up. And then you saw guys like Devonte, who I think only had three points four points going in the fourth quarter. He had 11. I thought he was a big reason the team was able to come back. Terry had a couple big shots down the stretch, a lot of big rebounds. And then, you know, you kind of lose track. But I think one of the best plays Gordon made towards the end there was, I think the Hornets had the three-point lead, and he came in and kind of just weaseled his way in for a big offensive rebound. Now, the Hornets didn't end up scoring on the possession, but it allowed him to burn another 14 seconds off the clock towards the end there to help put this one away. So, you know, he's just finding ways to make great plays. It's not just the scoring, and I think it's that sort of effect has rubbed off on a lot of his teammates in a really positive manner so far. 100% agree with you. 39 points, 9 rebounds for Gordon Hayward. Also agree with you on Devontae Graham. He had 11 points in the fourth quarter. He really had a rough go of it early, but came on late. His left screen from Biombo. Three is on the way. It is good. Drilling another three. Devontae Graham, his third of the quarter. In most games, I would say it is all but impossible for the Hornets to win if Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier combine for four points and a half. But that's what happened last night, and they still come away with the win. Devontae Graham to respond after really a poor shooting first half to stay in the game and be able to lead this team back. And keep in mind, he was making big shots early in the fourth quarter with Gordon Hayward on the bench getting his rest for that final push. So if Devontae Graham doesn't start the fourth quarter hot, all the scoring Gordon Hayward does down the stretch is for naught. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, again, it's really remarkable of Devontae this year. I know he's not shooting the ball nearly as well as he was last year and he's come on a little bit but to you know start off the game four points to one of seven I don't think he had a three to start the game and just to continue to have that confidence just keep shooting just keep shooting they're gonna drop and we found his spots he had a couple ones at the top of the key just you know huge I mean that was that's a really good point you made that you know if he doesn't kind of get the team going right out of the gates there and get that 25 to 5 or 25 to 4 run rolling there is probably no win it doesn't open things up for Gordon and he was kind of able to kind of push it over the top there midway through the fourth so really impressive with Devonte. you know it's it doesn't look like it, the box score doesn't jump out amazingly in terms of what he did tonight but was a huge impact on this game and miles as well at the start of that fourth quarter as well defensively for sure much more to talk about in this 107 104 come from behind win for the hornets improves their record to seven and nine want to talk about the bench also want to talk about tonight's game because we're back to work again tonight with the hornets taking on this same orlando magic squad but obviously the buzz is building around this Hornets team, and we want all of you to have an opportunity to be a part of the action for the 2021-2022 season for which season ticket packages are currently available. 
You can guarantee your price now. For more information, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to live chat with a season ticket representative. Hornets come away with a 107-104 win over the Orlando Magic last night. Sam Farber here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, joined by Sam Purley, a Two Sams edition. Sam is the coordinator of digital media and content for the Charlotte Hornets. Touched on it a little bit in segment one, but I want to go back to the bench. The bench had an awful game against Chicago. Coach James Borrego was not pleased. It was obvious in the postgame comments. He basically challenged LaMelo Ball and Miles Bridges to play better, and I thought both of them improved by leaps and bounds. I don't know if it was a rust factor going into that Chicago game with all of that time off, but they looked much more in rhythm, even had that Airbnb combo on a lob dunk. It was just a game where when you look at the box score, as great as Gordon Hayward was, he was at the end of the night a minus in the plus minus column. It was LaMelo and Miles Bridges who were the biggest positives in that statistical category huge performance for them. I think, like you mentioned, the Chicago game, you go back, I think they were outscored. The bench was outscored by almost 26, like 46 to 20 was the bench scoring the other night against the Bulls. So I thought Miles was probably one of his best games of the year, if not his best game. He had 18 points, his 8 of 11 shooting, six, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, only had 1 turnover, was just making plays all over the place. And you kind of feel the energy that he was bringing in in the fourth. And then, again, LaMelo taking good shots, getting to the basket a little bit more, rebounding, eight assists, and that's what we've gotten used to him from. So that's tough. Sometimes, you know, if you're a rookie and you have a couple bad games, they can kind of turn into four or five or six games in a row. But tunnel vision, it's on to the next. And you know, they were a major, major factor. And I think what can't be lost is holding the Orlando bench, particularly Terrence Ross, at just 10 points. I know he had the three-pointer at the end there, but Terrence Ross has been a guy that this Hornets team has had problems with for a number of years off the bench, 25, 30-point games sometimes. To hold him to just 10 points, I thought was really, really impressive from a defensive standpoint. I'll go back to LaMelo in a moment, but I want to finish up a thought here on Miles Bridges, and that was he, he, according to James Borrego, was really a catalyst for this win. Here's JB after the game. I give Miles Bridges a ton of credit. He's the one that sparked us in, in a timeout. He ignited us. He got us going defensively. We picked up. Our pressure picked up. It was really ignited by our defense tonight. And Miles started that. Terry's pressure on the ball. Overall, we defended extremely well there. But to me, that's what set the tone for the fourth quarter was our pressure, our defense. And we've got to start games that way. One comment that I'm hearing or seeing on social media is that Miles basically got mad and said he wanted to play more man-to-man defense. Uh, and that was part of that spark that got the team going. What are you hearing about that, Sam? Yeah, it's interesting. I think he was getting a little frustrated with, you know, it's it become a, thin, a thing this year that, you know, JB has used a lot of zone defense. I think a lot of that has to do with the lack of size at the center position. They're still kind of working Cody Zeller back into the things. And the zone has worked. I think they've done a good job up to this, but sometimes it's about making in-game adjustments. And I think, I guess, collaboratively as a coaching staff and as the players, they said, you know what, let's try a little bit more man. And, you know, I think once you kind of got things rolling in your direction against this Orlando team, it just felt like it was hard for them to kind of never really seemed to call time out. The thing kind of just kind of got away from a little bit. And then kudos to the Magic again. They got down nine with about three minutes left and just hit shot after shot. I think Fournier had a couple and then Roth. So it's about making defensive adjustments. And the Hornets made a good one there at the start of the fourth that put them in position to win, to ultimately win the game in the end. The other big performer off the bench was LaMelo Ball. 11 points, five rebounds, eight assists. The big number that stands out to me, the plus-minus column. He was a plus-15. That was the best of anyone 
in the game. I was having a conversation with someone uh, yesterday about the plus-minus column. The question was essentially, like, do you, do you think of that as a real stat? Is that important to you? And my answer was yes. I, I don't think it's the be-all, end-all, but I think it's pretty clear when you look at a, a player's performance, whether they're a big-time scorer or not a big-time scorer, if they're always on the plus side of the line or they are heavily on the plus side of the line like LaMelo was, it tells you something about the way the game is going when they're on the floor, their ability to impact it. This was not a perfect game from LaMelo. He still had four turnovers, but he shot the ball pretty well. I like the decision-making. I think he had a bit of bad luck. I think at least two lay-ins crawled off the rim that I would have thought would have gone in, or maybe he would have gotten a foul in other circumstances. But I thought he really had a strong game, and most importantly, he was finding his teammates. He had eight assists. He easily could have had 10 or 11 if a couple more shots went down. Yeah, I thought he was really, really good. And, and just another sign of how special this guy is at just 19 years old. You know, the Bulls game was a little rough. I think the second Toronto game was also a little rough and having some time off. And you know, you, you're just not going to shake this guy's confidence. I mean, he's going to put whatever the last game was. We heard it from him before they flew to Orlando. And he said, you know, I, I haven't played my best basketball in the last couple of games. They able to kind of put that behind him and focus on the next game. And like you said, I thought he easily could have been 9, 10, 11 assists. I think the Magic did a good job down there in the paint with those big guys, dropping Vucevic, dropping Kim Birch, dropping Gary Clark too. James Ennis, too, I thought was pretty good defensively as well. So can't say enough about those bench guys. I thought they really kind of kept the team in the game for the first three quarters or so, kind of, you know, I know they were still down 14, but that was the reason they were within striking distance going into fourth was the play of the bench guys. Looking at the plus-minus column, the four bench players were a combined plus 24 in this game, and the five starters end up being a combined minus nine. Now, that doesn't mean you should just flip one for the other. It's just pointing out that on this particular night, it was the bench especially early in the fourth quarter, that was able to turn the tide and then allow Gordon Hayward to kind of lead them across the finish line at the end. Big, big win, 107-104, to Gordon Hayward with the game winner. And they will rematch again tonight. We're going to break that one down for you in just a moment. But first, I want to remind you that the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center is now open Thursday to Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for all of your Hornets gear or from the comfort of your home. You can visit HornetsFanShop.com. Been getting to drive around, explore the Queen City a little bit more lately. But I've seen a lot more Hornets gear out around town, particular the new City Edition mint green uniforms. They are some fine-looking unis, and you can get yours. Go to the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center Thursday to Saturday from 11 to 3, or you can visit 24-7-365 at HornetsFanShop.com. Charlotte is 7-9 and nine and looking to have a win streak. Pretty much everything all year has been a win streak or a losing streak for the Hornets to this point in time. They opened up the season losing two in a row. Then they won two in a row. Then they dropped three. Then they won four. Then they lost four. So you can't possibly just have one win all by its lonesome. If they're going to stack them up, they got to take another W tonight over the same Orlando Magic team. We have Sam Purley with us, coordinator of digital media content. And Sam, as we see a rematch tonight. What are your expectations from the Hornets? Well, it's been interesting. We're seeing more and more of these playing the same team in the same location in consecutive days. I think this is the first time the Hornets have actually won the first game. I think they had one with Philly, Atlanta. They got another one this week. We played the same team pretty much right next to each other, back-to-back. And I think JB spoke at the beginning of the year. Sometimes when you lose that first game, you're going to 
adjust something and then the other team is going to kind of wait and then counteract it. It's, it's an interesting little dynamic. You know, it's being compared very similarly to a playoff series and that you see the same team two games in three days, stuff like that. But it should be another tight contested game. And I think, uh, you know, one big thing that could help Orlando coming back would be if they get Aaron Gordon tonight. They've had a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries to ball handlers. He's kind of been playing point guard for them as their power forward and been playing really well. And he was out last night with hip and back soreness. So I think getting him could you know, add another little wrinkle to tonight's rematch. His status is certainly a bit of a mystery. And without Markel Fultz, you're right. He has been doing a lot more of the point guard duties. He is a definitely a weapon and one that Orlando would benefit from. The other thing is I, I would expect we would see a bit more out of Nikola Vucevic tonight he didn't shoot particularly well, 9 for 22 in this one, which is not the normal shooting line. He had his normal stat line for the most part with 22 points and 13 rebounds, but 9 for 22, that's not really what we're accustomed to seeing. We are likely to see a slightly better version of Orlando in terms of their stars. I don't think we'll see quite as much from their reserves. I think, again, they they shot a bit over their uh, normal numbers in last night's game but at the end of the night if you're the Orlando Magic you want to see a little bit more from Nikola Vucevic and anything from Aaron Gordon you'd prefer that over counting on your uh, relievers so to speak to come in and have three for five shooting efforts from beyond the arc yeah absolutely and I think another guy too that sounds like they could have it at their disposal tomorrow or tonight should say is Mo Bamba I think he's been kind of in and out of the lineup all year kind of getting his conditioning back following some health and safety protocols, but he's another huge body right there in the paint. Great rebounder, great shot blocker, and certainly could help the Magic in terms of a size advantage against the Hornets. So it should be really interesting. You know, I love that we can kind of go right back to it and see how the teams are going to counterattack and re-counterattack and things like that. So I like this little dynamic the NBA has incorporated into the schedule this year. Like you said, I kind of agree. I think there were some guys that kind of that played really well tonight or last night for Orlando, but kind of you're not going to exactly expect the same, you know, three or four or five three-pointers from, you know, certain individuals on the team. The phrase a lot of people like to go to is it's hard to beat the same team twice or it's hard to beat a good team twice, but that really hasn't proven to be the case over the course of this season. Any situation where it's a back-to-back or relative back-to-back the same team, at least involving the Hornets, has won both games. Think back to the back-to-back at Philadelphia against the 76ers. Both those were losses, both by relatively the same margin. The two against the Atlanta Hawks, it was not a true back-to-back for the Hornets, but it was for Atlanta, and those games both ended with the same result, Hornets winning by eight, and the two games in Tampa against Toronto. They were a back-to-back. Both games end the exact same way with the Hornets losing by three. So the way they get to the conclusion at times was a little bit different, but the end results have been the exact same thing when you look at the times that the Hornets have played a back-to-back or their opponent has played the Hornets back-to-back times. Yeah, that has been interesting. You make a good point that it hasn't usually kind of expect the other team to win um, the Hornets got close in that Toronto one, splitting them. And I don't know if that's kind of an anomaly. I'd love to see kind of the league-wide you know, situation with playing two games in a row against the same team. What is the percentage of whoever wins the first game? What is their winning percentage in the second one? I think it's a really, you know, if I have some time on my hands, maybe I'll go through it and look at everyone's schedule. Maybe during the, uh, the break in the middle of the season or the All-Star break, I'll go back and look at that. But it's a, it's a fun dynamic, and I think it's made the league interesting. And having that team kind of fresh in your mind – Going into the next game, I think just adds a certain 
element to these matchups right now that we haven't had in years past necessarily. Last thing I want to wrap on is, you know, my expectation for this one, while we already have gone over, we expect a little bit more from Orlando. You think Nikola Vucevic will probably shoot the ball better tonight than he did last night. If they have Aaron Gordon, if they have Obama, if they just have more bodies to be out there on the floor, it should make Orlando a better team. But I would also say, I'm not sure you can count on 39 from Gordon Hayward, but I will be shocked, shocked if Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier combine for four points in any half again this season, up to and including a game where they both miss. I think if they're both in street clothes, they still manage to score six and a half. It, it was, it just doesn't happen with those two. To come back and win a game where those two have that deficient of a scoring half, it says something about the resolve of this team to make that comeback. Yeah, absolutely. And looking at the box score, I mean, they had combined for six points going into the third quarter. Neither one of them made a three, hadn't really gotten to the line. I think they combined for two total shots. So I think, like you said, kind of as way as some of the Magic guys kind of overshot maybe what their normal production was. I think the Hornets also had a number of guys that were well under what they're certainly capable of. And then still, again, found ways to win in the fourth quarter. I think another guy, too, that you could see, you know, get a little bit more of the looks offensive was P.J. Washington. He had been in double figures for six straight games, only finished with nine points last night. But I could see a lot more of the offense being run through him. He's been really, really good, especially down there in the post right around the basket lately. They just It was Hayward's night, and he kind of kind of fed him through the offense and then fed some of the guards and the bench guys as well. But you know, P.J. could certainly be another scoring option for the Hornets tonight. So much we can talk about, so much, and yet we're out of time. But the good news is there will be another Hornets Hivecast tomorrow where we will break down tonight's game against the Orlando Magic. And hopefully uh, the Hornets, even though they were able to break their losing streak last night, their streak of streaks will remain because the Hornets have not had an independent win or loss at any point this season. Everything comes in runs, so the Hornets might as well go on a good one here as they've improved to 7-9, and and they'll rematch with the Orlando Magic tonight. He's Sam Purley, the coordinator of digital media content for the Charlotte Hornets, does a terrific job on all of the write-ups, all of the game profiles, everything up there on the team uh, through the Hornet social media as well as their website. And you can follow him on Twitter at Sam underscore Pearly, P-E-R-L-E-Y. Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For everyone here with the Hornets, I'm Sam Farber saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on another edition of the Hornets Hivecast.